Hello and welcome to Season 4 of the Global Founders Podcast. This is Drew Precious, Director of Communications at the Presidential Precinct. On Global Founders, you will hear from trusted voices who are working to further any of the precinct's six core focus areas. We hope that these conversations will spark new ideas, encouraging and empowering leaders in their work, ultimately moving us all towards the precinct's vision of thriving, just, and free societies worldwide. And now, on with today's episode. Melinda So, how wonderful to speak to you today. Uh, we have already met so many times uh, across the ocean and in person when you were here for your Mandela Washington Fellowship. Uh, you now also, if I understand correctly, you're also on the Global Advisory Council of the Presidential Precinct. And since uh, I saw you in person last time, the one award after the other and the one honor after the other has uh, poured in. So you've been moving and shaking. But perhaps nothing compares to your efforts now to help South Africans save themselves uh, from the ravages of the pandemic. Um, why don't you tell us a bit about that? How did you start? Firstly, thank you very much for the uh, interview uh, with you, Francois. Um, you have been a, a mentor par excellence over the last uh, year for me, and I am very grateful uh, for your investment within my leadership abilities as well. So indeed, Francois, um, last year, actually, we started engaging about the or starting the Siabuya movement. And at the beginning of this year, in January, um, we actually formalized the Siabuya movement, uh, which was formed at the back of the COVID-19 pandemic, as you know, and the destruction that it has caused to millions of lives and livelihoods in South Africa, in fact, globally. Um, as the Siabuya group, we came together, we came together and uh, carefully considered what strategies we could generate with others uh, for our country to come back stronger from the pandemic. And during that time, it was very critical for us to engage with various experts. And they advised us that there were three critical areas that we needed to focus on right now. And those areas were public health, and I'll elaborate a bit about that later on, food relief and security and economic development. Now, our aim as the Siabuya movement is to build a network of those with shared intent and resolve to rebuild the social, the health, and the economic fabric as a collective and to bring people, organizations, businesses, and government together to support those who want to make South Africa better during and after the pandemic. Now, our movement aims to instill a common sense of mission that is built from the ground up through ordinary South Africans that is engaged in active citizenry, sorry, to improve their lives and the lives of those around them. And the real hero in the Siabuya story is every ordinary citizen that wears their mask, that uses sanitizer, that keeps their physical distance, that gets vaccinated, that encourages other people to get vaccinated, who feeds the hungry and who creates a job. And I can tell you now, Francois, in South Africa, we have many Siabuya heroes already actively involved in rebuilding this country. This is quite a novel approach. The ordinary person is the hero, which is wonderful, but... I'm still puzzled. What does Siabuya mean? It's a Zulu word, is it not? Absolutely, Francois. You, you, you know your language as well. Um, yes, yeah, so Siabuya is a term that is used in, um, in, in, in normally in football games, you know, when your team is lagging behind. Um, and Siabuya is normally something that they would chant on the stadium to say that our team is going to come back stronger 
in the second half. And that is exactly the vision that we have for South Africa, in fact, for countries across the world, to come back stronger from the pandemic in the second half. Well, it's uh, certainly worthwhile to uh, encourage everyone to play the second half of the pandemic better than the first half, because it's been terrible. And uh, part of this is that you don't only rely on yourself, if I understand it correctly, but you've built an expert panel. This is an interesting approach. So you mentioned three areas. I assume you have experts in all three areas. Uh, but tell me a little about the people who are on the expert panel, because uh, you would need people with real expertise to uh, have the sense of gravitas uh, that the media and everyone else could listen to. Absolutely, Francois. I mean, as, as a group, the Siabuya movement group, we have the vision um, and we have the skill set, but we don't have the expertise. And so obviously that was a very critical step for us, um, you know, to begin a process of appointing a very high powered advisory panel of experts who will help guide the development and the rollout of campaigns to help South Africa recover from the social health and economic devastation that was caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, our experts, all leaders in their fields, will advise us on issues ranging from uh, job creation to public health and vaccinations, food security, nutrition, and of course, uh, economic growth. And their input is going to be invaluable um, as we expand our network of organizations working to feed people, giving them jobs, promoting vaccinations, and boosting our recovery. I mean, we have top experts. If I think about Professor Julian May, uh, Andrew Burain, uh, Chantal Witten, um, quite recently we got Professor Linda Becker um, as well, and Tami Mazwai, leader within the economic development sector in South Africa as part of our panel, and we are indeed immensely privileged to have them. But this is not the end, Francois. We are going to grow this expert panel exponentially over the next few months. I was really pleased to see my old friend Tami Mazwai on the expert panel, who is not only a, a journalist and a liberation fighter of note, but he's also a, a deeply knowledgeable man, ex-professor at Johannesburg University, uh, and specialized in the township economy, specialized in small business. Um, do you see small businesses as perhaps the backrock or the, the foundation for this recovery to make South Africa better? Absolutely, Francia. I mean, I'm no economic development expert, but uh, all the statistics indicate that uh, we need to invest more in small businesses within South Africa, you know, in order for us or in order to allow the economy to grow. But sadly, that is not the case in South Africa. And I think more efforts need to be done and more investment, not only from government, but from the public sector or private sector um, within the small businesses to ensure that this particular sector thrives and that more jobs are created in order for us to you know, be on an economic development growth path or sustainable growth path in South Africa. What do you see on the ground? Do you see uh, a willingness of people to step up and say, I've lost my job, but I can start a business? No, I, I can see the willingness. I mean, Francia, you know that I work with a lot of young people. Um, and recently, obviously, I've been in, embroiled in a, in a project in uh, very disadvantaged communities across uh, you know, the Western Cape. 
Um, but, the, but the morale is very, real, is, is very low and the opportunities are also very narrow for, for, for these youngsters from these particular communities. There isn't a lot of investment made in those communities. There isn't a lot of opportunities available for young people. So, so we need to bring those opportunities to those communities in order for, for young people to see that perhaps entrepreneurship is the way to go, that there is an opportunity for them to generate an income. Um, by starting their own businesses. But at this point in time, a lot of them do not even know the concept of entrepreneurship, let alone where the opportunities are to start a business. You have a global expert, Professor Linda Gale Becker there. And I heard you use an interesting word in a conversation uh, earlier today, which was vaccine confidence. Yeah. What do you mean by vaccine confidence? It's actually not my word. I actually stole it from Professor Becker because she was really enlightening us the last time, you know, in a conversation that we had. Because I said, you know, Prof, we need your expertise as to how we can deal with this vaccine hesitation. And she's like, no, my darling, we actually need to change the narrative. We need to now focus on vaccine confidence. How can we build vaccine confidence in people instead of, um, you know, the negative narrative around people not wanting to take the, na- the, the vaccine, et cetera. So it was really a concept that I, that I took from Professor Becker and something that I will use going forward because it's more encouraging um, than discouraging people from taking the vaccine. That's a wonderful idea. And of course, the whole idea of uh, boosting people's immunity is also linked to the issue of hunger. And you have uh, Dr. Chantal Witten there. Um, what is she going to uh, help, help you with in terms of moving South Africa out of the pandemic? Actually, her area of expertise deals specifically with, uh, with food security and nutrition. And very strangely, uh, Professor Chantal Witten, as well as Dr. Uh, or Professor, sorry, Julian May, wrote a paper recently on the impact of uh, um, the COVID-19 pandemic on food security and nutrition in South Africa. And sadly, because of this pandemic, We have more children now being stunted um, as a result of uh, the poor nutrition that they are receiving from these, you know, food relief measures that is in place. So she will be focusing predominantly on on the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on nutrition, in particular as it relates to young children. Which, of course, means we have to ensure the future by feeding pregnant mothers and children right now. We can't leave it till later. So I hope that there are organizations out there willing to step up and help you out. Absolutely. I mean, Francia, one of our signature uh, programs in the Siabuya movement is the Siabuya Heroes. And um, throughout these last few months, we have been interviewing and amplifying stories of these Siabuya Heroes, you know, going out of their way. Many of them, for example, if I think about the Kasi Hero in Soweto in, in Johannesburg, South Africa, this young man started, he was unemployed when he started the Kasi Hero Project um, because his vision and his intention was really to feed the masses in Soweto. He had absolutely nothing, but he had the drive and the willingness to go and ask for donations from big businesses in order to start this feeding scheme. And there are many other examples of people who themselves have absolutely nothing, but yet in their nothingness, they still made an effort, an attempt to feed the people within their communities to feed their neighbors. And that is really the Ubuntu, the spirit of South Africa, the spirit that we want to see within uh, the Siabuya movement, more people feeding the, hung- the hungry. 
You know, the spirit of people who refuse to lie down is so inspiring. And it's a wonderful thing that you're doing, and particularly that you're giving the spotlight to people who otherwise would never be seen. They're not the big voices. They're not the powerful people. They don't have time to run around and tell people how important and how big the work is that they do. And yet here you are putting the spotlight on them. Do you find that their story resonates with other people? Do you think it inspires other people to do the same thing? Absolutely. I think, Francho, over the, over the last few years in South Africa, you know, we have been focusing so much on the negativity that has been happening, you know, the corruption, the nepotism, the mismanagement, the poor performance of government, etc. And we have taken our focus off people in communities, in local communities, you know, out, like I said, out of their nothingness, still trying to do something for their communities to impact and to uplift the people within their communities. So I do find inspiration. I think that other people also find inspiration through the active citizenry of others. Um, but the reason why I think, and uh, one of the reasons of Siabuya is to inspire more active citizens or the rise of active, active citizens in South Africa. And our job is to amplify those stories. The more people see active citizens doing their job, going out there, feeding the hungry, you know, assisting their neighbors, go doing work in their communities, we believe that that will be a catalyst for more active citizens in South Africa. Now, that's a very important part of Siabuya because everyone in Siabuya is working for free. So I don't know how you sustain a movement on people's charity. But what sounds like you are mobilizing the entire country to do the same thing, to give up their time and their talents and fix it themselves instead of waiting for others. Absolutely. And that is that is truly the spirit of South Africans that should start emerging a bit more prominently. You know, there isn't money. We are struggling. The economy is suffering. You know, uh, socially, we are in tatters, but we still have we still have skills and knowledge that we can contribute to building and rebuilding our country. Um, and I believe that as long as there are people like yourself and like me and you know, the people of the Siabuya movement that is willing to invest our time and our energy and our and our knowledge and our expertise to rebuild South Africa, that they are always hope, that there always will be hope. I know that your meeting place is a website, as is everything these days, and I'm sure that uh, we could ask the presidential precinct to make the website address available so that people can register there and go onto the website to see what's being done. But I'll leave the last word to you. If you have uh, one wish for Siabuya, what would that wish be? Well, I have many wishes for Siabuya because it's such an incredible movement, you know. I think Siabuya movement for me, I think we would be successful really if we can see our movement growing into a larger coalition of supporters and collaborators across society, you know, civil society, business, trade unions, government, business, all working together. Um, you know, I want to see the Siabuya movement creating more partnerships, growing networks, you know, being a catalyst or an enabler for more active citizens to, to, to emerge within South Africa. Um, and I also see and I wish for the Siabuya movement to continue to be a voice of hope and unity in a time in our history, not only in South Africa again, but globally, that is, that is, that is most needed right now. 
listen, in this year, we are movement. I am becoming a master of everything. We have recently uh, uh, commissioned a song, the Siabuya song by the Siabuya Marimba Band. And uh, within the next, I think, week or two, the song will be on air. And uh, I hope that uh, the presidential precinct people will uh, download our song and share it with their networks as well, because it is absolutely incredible. Thank you so much. And all I can say is, may you be absolutely successful, to use your favorite word. All the best. <laughs> Thank you, Francho. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. See ya, boy. Come